0: Happy Sabbath, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your patience with this raspy voice. And forgive me if throughout the morning we are a bit unenthusiastic because it feels like I'm being pulled down by the world in a sense. And yet seeing you guys makes me be pulled up. Is that cool? Right? We praise God for that. So thank you so much for your patience with me in my voice this morning it's so good to be with you it's so good to be together and we want to simply say from the beginning happy father's day to you lovely fathers and i say lovely with no apologies you are lovely fathers and we love you and we thank god for you thank you so much also just quick heads up if you're not receiving the newsletter We simply want to give a little shout-out for the breakfast this morning that you find in the fellowship hall. How about just a thank you for that nice, delicious breakfast that was granted to you and the families. We want to thank you so much for that. Thank you so much, Shelly, who is not here, but Bob, thank you so much for leading this out. And of course, the family who has been participating and just working things out for that. Thank you for that delicious meal. Uh, This evening, uh, young adults have a nice beach vespers this evening over at the 4589 South Atlantic Avenue, uh, uh, Ponce Inlet, Florida. Uh, Please make sure that you're there by 7 o'clock, and then uh, worship should be around 8 o'clock there, so please join us there. Also, a wedding shower, you will have that tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Lander's Party Barn. Make sure that you attend, if you may, joy ministry. June 26th, there's a picnic there's detailed information for you in the newsletter if you're wanting to talk to um, our, our sister Kathy Otadi for that information. Right. Also, make sure that the mission trip that's coming up. There is some detailed information of what is still needed for the mission trip. Please speak with Donna uh, Musselman in regards to those details, if you may. And also, a very special time that's coming up to back to school uh, fundraiser. Thank God that we are there halfway. For the goal that we're setting out, we are wanting you to just make sure that if you'd like to participate in this um, back-to-school fundraiser that we're having, there is an event coming up that is integral to all this, which is giving out of the backpacks through Nadine Hines. So I'm going to ask Andrew to come on up. He's going to look like he's out to Pathfinder this morning, but really what's going on with the backpack uh, ministry, that's going to be happening at the end of July. Is the fact that the Pathfinders are going to be working in sync with the ministry altogether. So you should expect that Pathfinders will be there. Pathfinders will be able to participate in this awesome ministry where they can also introduce other children to um, to just the ministry that they're displaying out at Spring Meadows altogether. So Andrew, what are you doing with that backpack? School supply. So primarily, the idea is that we engage with the community, right? And that we're able to make sure that besides just the backpack idea, that we're also able to share information in regards to the ministry to the rest of the community. So thank you, Andrew. But you are the epitome of what it looks like to be faithful in the ministry altogether. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. So also, there are some important dates in regards to how Pathfinders and Backpack is happening all together, July 10 is coming up. July 10, we will be going out with Pathfinders as well as the Backpack Ministry fundraiser to the, to our surrounding community to give out the flyers so that they're able to participate all together. Alright? So, let's keep those things in mind. If you want further information in regards to Back to School fundraiser, please reach out to um, Nadine Hines. Alright? Thank you so much. This morning, we also have a special guest from the conference who is with us, Phil Bond. If you could join us this morning, Phil is here to share with us. Um, there is a 23, I believe. 21? 22?
1: I can be loud. All right, yeah. Phil,
0: let's, if we can, 21, it's all right, 21. So, Phil?
1: I rarely need a mic. All
0: right. Well, we'll give you one anyhow. Um, Very good. Phil, Thank you. we are so excited that you're here, but you are here with a specific purpose, and it has to do with all of us all together. So if you could yeah. give us a heads up of what's going on.
1: Thank you, Pastor. Absolutely. Yeah. We, as many of you know, I am with the estate planning department for the Florida Conference. This is a ministry. That the Florida Conference offers to all members without charge and without obligation at all. Some members, however—not all, and that's okay—but some do decide to include their local congregation or other ministries within the Lord's work in their estate plan. And so, last time I was here, I wasn't presenting a check. I was just presenting our department, but I am honored to be able to present a check— Oh, this awesome. week. I wonder if I could invite uh, Lenore and Tommy Hodges, yes. Bobby, all right, Hodges family come to come down. up. And Please I know we've got some way. up in the balcony there. Welcome, They're waving Hello. to Hi. us. Thank you for that.
0: And I'm going to ask from my side. Uh, we're going to ask for Jack Leach to come on up and Berkeley, if you're here, if you could come on up. So enjoy this um, Representation this
1: morning. So, uh, Lenora Miss Hodges, many of you remember and know, uh, she was uh, an Adventist all her life, and joined uh, this church back in 1983 before this building was actually here. But um, that was the Winter Springs Church at that time. Faithful member, she and her husband Bobby, and. Um, But they have passed to their rest, waiting on the Lord to return, and uh, but they wanted to be sure that they included their local church in their estate plan. Charles, what am I leaving out? Um,
2: um, We, I grew up at Winter Winter Springs, and and. met my wife in nursing school, but she got baptized at Winter Springs. We got married at Winter, Winter Springs. Uh, when we moved away is when you, when you sold Winter Springs and built this, but I, we've been uh, wonderful. One, every time we come back, we're uh, able to hug all of our, our good friends from here. Um, my daughter is, and son-in-law are now members, and they are very active in the AV department here.
1: Praise God. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Hodges' legacy continues. And they want it to, it to continue financially as well. So I have a check, Jack, if I may, Mr. Leach, present a check to the church, uh, a substantial check. And uh, I do not believe that it was designated for a particular purpose. So it is unrestricted. And uh, I pray that the Lord will bless those funds and, and the use that it ends up being used for.
0: Could you offer a prayer for them as a family? We'll just end with uh, Jack Wall for prayer for them as a family, and also that the funds are obviously able to glorify God. right?
2: Father in heaven, we thank you for the many blessings that uh, you have bestowed upon us, and we recognize this morning one of those blessings. We, uh, with fond memories, remember Lenore and, and Bobby, and we are grateful that they have Um, remembered this church, the church that that they loved and attended and, and supported for so many years. We pray that the funds that are represented this morning here on this check will be used to further your kingdom so that you can soon come and we can be reunited with our loved ones and friends and most of all, see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thank, Thank you, Jack. This morning, um, we are all excited for what God will do in and through us this morning. And we want to praise God for that. But we also want to praise God because there's something uh, quite significant in terms of a crisis in one of our families this morning. Matt Master was supposed to be here this morning with Alexandria but their family is needing a very critical prayer um, for something that they are needing to occur right now um, for the extended family. We want you to keep in mind Alex Rodriguez, her brother, and the rest of the family as they are needing an answered prayer or perhaps just a prayer of consolation. I invite you to join with me in prayer as we pray for them this morning. Is that all right? Father, this morning... Our brothers, our sisters are in need of your prayers, are in need of your work. They need a miracle. We're asking you, Lord, that you comfort the family as they're seeking answers. We ask that you grant peace and grace in the midst of their tribulation. Sustain them where they can't stand. Uplift them when they feel weak. And we're asking, Lord, for your wisdom to come through. And we who are here participating in worship, but also in prayer, the Spirit, the one who prays things we sometimes don't even know what we're saying, may your Spirit grant to us this desire that we want for this family. We ask you this because we have no one else to turn to. And it is in Jesus' name we ask this, Lord, that you give them what they're seeking. We ask you this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, family. May the Lord be with us this morning as we worship. Um, We would also like to invite the Hillman family this morning to come on up and join us up here because it's a little family dedication for Elizabeth, right? Another baby dedication. What do you say, Right? Praise God. And we are so happy that we are able to do this together as a family and um, just do it with a family who I know is able to grant some space and, and, and blessing and ministry that can enable a lot of growth in Christ Jesus. So... Um, before we get going with the things of things we usually say about the baby dedication, there is a part of the story whom you may not know of which we would like to know why this is significant for the Hillman family altogether. So on mike 21, if you 're able to share with us a little bit of what 's going on and why this is significant, it would be great to share.
2: Thank you, Alex. Um, you know, in early March, uh, we got a call, uh, that there was a little girl that needed a a temporary home. And so, uh, Elizabeth joined us. Many of you have probably seen her around church and at VBS. Uh, she joined us in early March. Um, she is with us, uh, as our foster daughter while her, uh, mom, um, gets ready to take her back. And, um, it became very obvious when Elizabeth came to us that Elizabeth was raised as a Christian. Um, she, she prayed, she sang songs, she did all kinds of things, but, um, you know, we, we were watching church one day, and there was a dedication, and um, I, I was trying to explain to her what the dedication was, and I said, it's an opportunity for the parents to dedicate the child to Christ, it's a commitment uh from the parents to the church that they will raise that child as a christian and a believer it's also a commitment from the church to that child that they will be watched over and cared for and uh and and that the congregation will do everything they can uh to help raise that child as a christian and so um i we were talking about it and i looked at elizabeth and i said elizabeth uh were you dedicated and she says no i We didn't go to church much. And I said, "Um, would you like to be dedicated? And she said, yes. And I said, well, why why would you like to be dedicated? And she goes, I want to be watched over. (laughs) And and so um, we didn't ask permission. We took a little foster parent prerogative. They call that prudent parenting um and uh we decided that uh, we would take the opportunity while Elizabeth is with us to dedicate her life to Christ and awesome. uh we we believe that uh once she moves on to the next stage of her life that the Lord uh will will know that and will protect her and watch over her and so that's, that's awesome. why we're here today thank you
0: so much what is significant behind all this i was just telling you guys a little bit that in every church that i've gone to we've always had similar situations and you know what? It is parents like you who take the initiative to be what you would say a transitional comfort. We all need comfort in one way or another. And here's the thing. What better than to have a family in which you could feel like you're part of it all? I realize that Elizabeth, since I've gone over to the house a little bit, that you've really been enjoying the pool a lot, right? It's really cool. Yeah. And here's one of the things, guys. I just want to say, Brad, and you know, just make, make sure that in a sense from you, as you're like bringing this out, I appreciate that your, your posture is one of making sure that she's okay. Same thing with Edith. You guys are an educational space. And we obviously, those outside of the family, are able to see the sort of effect that she takes all together. So continuing the work that you continue to do. So blessings to you both on this thing. Same thing with Micah, Caleb, and Luke. You guys are doing great, man. You guys love the ability to see, make sure everyone around you is doing something, being engaged in something. So you're being looked at, and that's an awesome thing. So Elizabeth, this morning, I want to say something really cool to you, okay? I saw you the other day during VBS. You were right up front where I was sitting, and it was because you were the one who was moving the most right in front of me. You were singing along, you were praying, smiling, getting going and everything, right? That was so cool of you. I think part of this is also something that you can continue to do throughout your entire life because when you sing to God, when you sing to Jesus, when you are full of the Spirit, you're able to enjoy God's presence. It's the best thing in your life. This morning, I want to tell you, Elizabeth, one little thing. Always trust Jesus to be with you. He will never leave you. Never. No matter what it is that you're going through, Jesus will always be with you with you. I want you to remember that, okay? Yeah, because you're very special to them. all right? Can we pray for you? Yeah? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for Elizabeth. We thank you so much for her life, the gift that she's come to, to the Hillman's home. And we ask that it is a home by which your spirit is able to mold her into what she's being called to be. We ask you, Lord, that your presence enriches her as she grows, wherever that may be that your spirit grants her gifts of which it will later on contribute to the church as a whole. Father, thank you for for Brad. Thank you for Iris. Thank you for Caleb, Micah, for Luke. May they all enjoy your presence and the way that you will grow them up in you. And by doing so, may they come just a little closer to what it looks like, to be formed by the hands of your work. We thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Blessings to you guys. Thank you so much.
3: morning. Happy Sabbath, everyone. In Psalms, it says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Please sing with us, I will exalt you. here are little pieces of three different favorite songs please join in
4: It is an honor and a privilege to be with you here this morning to worship the Lord in a company of such a beautiful people. So for all the fathers among us, happy Father's Day. We're glad that you came to worship our Heavenly Father today with each and every one of us. And I ask my children to be here with me today because uh, I wanted to share this moment with them and tell you about... The good thing or the good things that I have been doing through the years as a good father. You know that I am. So uh, do you have any special memory, yelling of uh, some of the times that we spent together throughout the years?
5: Yes, I okay. do. Okay, uh, here we go. Okay, um, so something really special that you've done ever since I was a baby is you pray with me every night before going to sleep. And you would think that that stopped when I got older. But no, I went to college and, in Tennessee, and he would still call me every night. And he would say, it's time to go to bed. Let's pray. <laughs> so that's something that stuck with me for sure. <laughs>
4: so one Oh, you thing... do have something. Yes, I got him. something. <laughs> he, he's good sometimes, you know. <laughs> uh, something
0: that I enjoyed, whether one of them is playing sports, whether it's uh, for me trying to learn tennis, football, baseball, anywhere and everywhere. But something that still resonated with me was when we were in high school, my dad would always take me to school. And before I would go off, he would say a short little phrase, uh, be blessed and be a blessing. And the phrase itself has meaning, but just because my dad would tell me that every day, I, it just felt like it was our little catchphrase.
4: Oh, uh, I'm so humble. I've done good, haven't I? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? That is, what? Well, that, that's
0: debatable. That's debatable. Uh,
4: what? <laughs> uh,
0: how, about, how about all those school projects which you said that you'd help and by do the entire thing, and I just watched? Uh, yeah, yeah. He
5: did those for all of my science fair projects, and he would give us the conclusion that oh, we yeah. had to say that we had to memorize.
4: Okay, yeah, uh, and then...
5: Because we had to move so many times because of his job, I went to 13 different schools before I graduated. Oh Lord! And not just that. You know how many times we were late to school because he would sleep in? Oh Oh, no! (laughs) I tell you, we could start counting them. Actually, that's okay. That's okay.
4: Okay. Easy enough. (laughs) Uh, Truly, none of us as fathers on this earth is perfect. It's a good thing that we have a heavenly father that is perfect. We as parents sometimes fail. We don't do everything right. We try to do the best we can, but we don't always do. But it's a good thing that we have a Heavenly Father who gives us a good example for us to follow and also is forgiving to us when we do make mistakes. So my children, I want to apologize for the times that I have been disappointed to you, disappointing to you throughout your lives. And I want to tell you that I love you very, very much. And our Heavenly Father loves each and every one of us very, very dearly. Some of us had very good experiences with our fathers, our earthly fathers, and others might not have had such good experiences with our earth, uh, earthly fathers, but I want you to know you have a heavenly Father that loves you with everlasting love, who will never abandon nor forsake you, who has your best interests at heart. And that is exactly what the Word of God says. And I ask my children to read two passages that precisely talk about that love from God to us Yaling, would you be so kind to read for us 1 John chapter 3, verse 1?
5: Yes, it reads, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him.
4: All right, all right. Isn't that wonderful? We have been called children of God, and He has lavished so much love upon us. And David, what does he say in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, about His love for us and His commitment to us?
0: And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty.
4: Amen. Isn't that wonderful news? We have a wonderful Heavenly Father. So as you honor your earthly earthly parents or fathers uh, this weekend, I want you to remember to also honor your Heavenly Father. And if you are a father, remember to always follow the pattern that He has for you. We're going to pray in a moment, but before we pray, I want to remind you also of the tithes and offerings that we always bring to our Heavenly Father so that one day we could be living with Him forever in the the world that He's preparing for each and every one of us. Today, the special emphasis goes to the local church budget. So I want to encourage each and every one of you to participate in worship by giving to the Lord a special offering for our Heavenly Father. You will have the opportunity to do so online online. But also, as we're exiting the church at the end, the deacons will be at the doors with the, uh, the plates so that you can contribute also and give this special offering to our Heavenly Father. So, I'm going to invite any one of you who is able or every one of you who is able to kneel with me, but if you're not able, I'm going to ask you to please adopt the position of a attitude of worship as we pray to our Lord. Dear Lord, as we come before Your presence today, we thank You for being such a wonderful and loving and caring Father to each and every one of us. We come before You in worship, not because we deserve it, but because we need Your presence, we need Your love, and we need a relationship and connection with You. So today we praise Your holy name. Lord, and many of us came here today some of us with heavy burdens, so I pray, Lord, that you please take care of each and every one of those needs that are in our hearts. Take away our anxieties and give us peace. Take away our fears and fill us with your love, because your perfect love drives away all of our fears. And I pray, Lord, also that you fill us with hope and trust in you. Lord, I pray also that you be with Pastor B as he delivers your message for us today. I, sp- I pray, Lord, that not, you, not Him, but You is speaking through Him to us, and help us to be in tune with You as we worship You today. Lord, and I pray that You, wor- that you bless every resource that You have given us, and it's as we contribute with tithes and offering for our church and for the advancement of Your work, I pray that You bless us so we can continue to be a blessing unto others. And this we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
6: I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again. I run to the Father, fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend or run to the Father again and again and again and again oh
0: Happy Sabbath, everyone. If you were not here earlier, I did say I do want you to be a little patient with me this morning for obvious reasons. And because it is God's Word, it will be heard. And so I ask that you give me a little patience while we celebrate two things this morning. This morning we celebrate Father's Day. And I can't tell you How cool it is to be a dad, to see my own little creature running around with this new style of haircut she's got. She's starting to say words that I think she's exploring from her baby mind, words that I don't think exist, and yet in her world, it's the thing, to see a little thing like that grow up and then start saying dada. Can't tell you how awesome to hear that. It makes you feel like you don't know anything. And it makes you feel like you just started to live. That it makes you feel that perhaps you don't have it all figured out. And you know what? Be quite honest with you. I'm happy to know I don't have it all together. To be a dad does not mean to have all the answers. Praise God. But how much more an opportunity to say, thank God that I can trust God himself. The second thing is, happy Juneteenth. June 19, 1865, two years after the Declaration Emancipation had given out, I took the liberty to look at one of the leading historians who leads American history from Harvard, Anna Goodwin-Reed, in some of her newest essays to describe the sort of experience. She says, as a Texan herself, it's quite remarkable. She says something quite fascinating that I think is always an educational aspect to what we do. By the way, the church is a place where we educate, and it is also a place that we learn, thank God. So, she says that, which almost haunts me a little bit, I confess that I was initially annoyed, at least mildly so, when I first heard that outsiders, those outside of Texas, claimed the holiday. But why? After all, it was a positive turn in history, evidence that our country was leaving behind or attempting to a barbarous institution that had blighted the lives of millions. Such a thing should be celebrated far and wide. My twinge of possessiveness grew out of the habit of seeing my home state and the people who reside there as special. The things that happened there couldn't have happened in other places. Non-Texans could never really understand what the events that took place in Texas actually meant, and I am certain that I am not alone in this attitude. Rather than keeping the holiday to ourselves, Texans had been in the forefront of trying to make Juneteenth a national holiday. It has been offered as part of the justification that the end of slavery in Texas was the end of the institution, period. That's not quite true. Granger's order, who was the commander who gave the third order, did not end slavery in the country, but as we know, that it came about to December of 1865 for the 13th Amendment to be ratified, right? So that was part of the composition. To our Black and African-American brothers and sisters, we love you. And there is a heritage, a history of sorts that we cannot all think of for ourselves. And part of this is to say we want to understand what that looks like by just listening just listening. But it's also a moment to say we are with you in the sense that you are our brother. You are our sister. Can we pray before the word gets opened? Our Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you because You've demonstrated that fatherhood is a gift. What could we do without you? We want you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Change us by your spirit. And may the power of the gospel that's been granted to your church be applied in our lives this morning. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. What do you say? That's right. All right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 and on. There's a, an extended passage we will get into, and then we're going to develop its, its, its awesomeness of the text. All right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 14 and on. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 and on. I do not write these things to shame you, but I admonish you these things as my beloved children. What a significant thing for Paul to call his believers kids. Not because I think that Paul was kind of being a daddy here, but he was referring to a relational composition of what it meant to be an apostle altogether. For you, for you were to have countless tutors in Christ, The word here for tutors is what teachers know as pedagogy, right? Pedagogical methods. So it's, it's, it's it's an aspect of guardianship, of making sure that people are arriving at a particular understanding. Yet you do not have many fathers. Yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Now that's quite a claim. That's quite a claim. And therefore, I exhort you, be what? Be imitators of me. Now, for some of you, if this is the first time you hear that word, it almost sounds arrogant. Do what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, sort of feel, right? For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some have become arrogant as though I were not coming to you, right? But I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I shall found out not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in what? Power. What do you wish? What do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love? And a spirit of gentleness, which one do you want? Now, the church of Corinth is a complicated church. It's a large church. It's almost a rich church. It's a rich church in the sense that it has a lot of resources, not only financial, but it has a multiplicity of capability. In other words, it can think, it can pay, it can be able to move in a certain way, but there was also a lot of practice of multiplicity right rather than one marriage you had two right so the church was resourceful you're supposed to laugh right? and you you have to think of a church that is resourceful what do you mean by this does it mean shareable does it mean compatibility does it mean integrated does it mean separation does it mean division does it mean entanglement what does it mean and so the church of corinth has ability to know a lot of things. It was good in thinking, philosophically. That's why in chapter 1, Paul kind of lays it down for them. Guys, it's not about what you know. It's about the reality of your weakness that makes you strong altogether. Chapter 2, there's a wisdom that comes from the Lord that makes the church applicable to everything that we do. Chapter 3, harnesses the notions of what the church ought to be in Christ Jesus. Chapter 4, he's kind of like, all right, guys, I'm not bashing you. All right? I'm at a distance. I'm not too close to you guys, but I'm letting you know what's going on. This is what I'm hearing. And then chapter 5, the other relational issues come about. But I always found it significant that in this little portion that we find in the letter says that you do not have fathers. This is cryptic almost. Because we like to think that in the church you have a lot of tutors. Sabbath school teachers, deacons, deaconesses, cooks, you know, elders, deacons, pastors, whatever. They all teach some, in some format or whatever. But it seems to say that you had enough teachers, right? But what you don't have is a lot of fathers. Now, the text suggests that he's not talking about genealogical makeup, as in you're not having a lot of baby daddies. That's not what Paul is saying. You are not having many fathers amongst you, and therefore I have become your father in the gospel. The reality is that the way we talk about fatherhood today has been affected more so in the church about being a father genealogically. Fatherhood is restricted only to those who make babies. And where Paul is trying to say to the church, by the way, you guys need some some fathers, right? But what sort of father is he talking about? And I think he gives us a clue. Already in the same passage, notice that he comes about, he says that there are many who are arrogant in verse 18, as though I were not coming to it. In other words, they're doing things that they shouldn't, and they're doing them because they think that Paul isn't going to come their way, right? So in verse 19, by the way, I'm going to make it for you to go about what the arrogance are doing. The arrogance are doing one thing. They talk a lot. But notice what it says that I found quite wonderful. For the kingdom of God does not consist in what? It doesn't consist in words. But in what? But in power. I didn't ask my wife so she could lecture me afterwards what I should have asked permission to do is to say, can I give this example? One of the most teachable things that my wife does to me when I don't have it together is that, babe, I don't want to hear it. I want to see you do it. Ladies, am I kind of all right there? All right. kind of. I don't care how you say it, just do it, right? Right? That's kind of the lingo. And it always makes me say, yeah, so I can't defend myself. Part of the thing that happens in this church, this Corinth church, is that there's a lot of talkers because that's what teachers do. They talk a lot. But he is critiquing something about the church that perhaps we need to learn a little bit from us fathers in a different angle, that it's not your capability to teach that makes you great. It's your capability to do what you teach. It is very true that in church in the first century, as well as in the 21st century, there's a lot of talk of whatever that may mean in our own context. And what we are being called to do, at least through the letter of James, as well as through the letter of Colossians, is that you have to be a doer. Because when you do, you are no longer contradicting what you think. Because it's very easy for us to express what we think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. No? Oh, Don't worry, I'm praying for you. Because what happens for Paul is that what you say has to align itself with what you do. They are not in contradicting with one another. What I found extra awesome about what happens is a re of what it means to be a father. And let me suggest to you this morning that it'll be fun to see how father is in connection with the kingdom of God, but also with the power of God. So that by doing so, we could reframe what we mean by fatherhood in a more exciting way. Like, please don't call me father to mean only a baby maker. That's too poor. I think Paul is trying to say father in the more extensive way that is much more influential. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 says like this. It goes like this. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing... But to us who are being saved, it is what? It is the power of God. Notice the word of the cross, right? Remember, for Paul, he says, it is not in the word, but in power, right? So he's reframing the idea of what it means to be a father. One to be a father is one to be one who learns from the cross. That's where power is actually laid in, in a very different way. Chapter 2, verse 4, goes something like this. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, right? It was not my ability to be articulate. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of what? And of power. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the who? On the power of God fatherhood has to be reframed around the idea that it is a spiritual thing because it is demonstrated, because it is the power who does it by the Spirit. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4, goes like this. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you're assembled, and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus. I have decided to deliver such a one. And notice he talks about kind of a a punishment that's going on there. But whenever you gather, you do it in the name of the Lord altogether, right? We're going to heighten up a little bit more. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to verse 12. And then go to verse 10. Chapter 12, verse 10. Notice that there is a listing out of the gifts of the Spirit. And it goes on to say, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to, a, to another various kinds of gifts, and to another the interpretation of tongues. It's interesting that interpretation also has another word. It says the word of tongues. It's kind of the ability to be used by God altogether. In other words, the father that Paul is trying to describe is one, right? Right? One who is learning from the word of the cross. One who is empowered by the Spirit. One who is within the name of the Lord. And one who is thrown out by the Spirit to do spiritual things altogether. Chapter 14, verse 11 goes like this. Same same book, same letter. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the mind also, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the mind also. Interesting that the word here too, spirit and word are put together as a whole. So what does this have to do with fatherhood altogether? Well, it's interesting what Paul says in the initial Bible text that I shared with you, 1 Corinthians chapter four. You did not have a lot of, you, you have too many teachers, but you do not have many fathers. I did not grow up with my father and I shared with you earlier, weeks, months ago, about my situation and meeting my father for the first time in an airport, awkward situation. But one of the places of which I was ingrained into understanding the idea of a father in the way that Paul was trying to ingrain is when I think about um, these fathers who were in the church who were making sure that wherever I was going in the church, were making sure that I was actively engaged in things that had to do with the gospel as a whole. So you think about Hermano Tinoco, which was this lovely brother from Guatemala. Then I think about, uh, you have uh, El Hermano Miguel, who was able to put me to the side and kind of say, Alex, do this so that ministry is able to... And then you find people today... Last week we saw evidence of that. You saw El Hermano Terry Arnold. You guys know Hermano Terry Arnold? See this brother out, his skills pull out, the wooden pieces and little crayons come out, and he starts sawing these wooden pieces. And all of a sudden, a week later, you saw the gigantic, enormous things for VBS, right? And you start realizing this and suddenly you see Jonathan who's directing the whole things about how to construct this and all the, all the adults are wondering how do I do this and how do I do that? And then you see another father who's directing us, making sure that the window, Alex Vakaliuk, who's making sure that the windows is kind of covered up and it was dark and you start noticing the effect of what it looks like to be a father at a distance. One of the things about being a father in the church is not that you birth more children, is that you help those who are in the faith to grow up. Because faith has a fruit behind it. The problem is that faith is not, I believe in God, is that faith is, I believe this is how I do it, right? So could you imagine the week after I went to a Home Depot and I told my wife, babe, I'm going to Home Depot. Why? (laughs) Terry had a tool that I really liked. (laughs) She's like, but he builds houses. And I was like, okay, I got you. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put it off a little bit. I still went to Home Depot. <laughs> and I went through the tools that these men work with, right? And I'm saying, this is crazy. Little thing like that, little saw, and which one? And you have to see these guys at play. They had these tools. Did you get me the belt yet, Terry? <laughs> he had this belt around him that had, you know, slinging uh, thing with ruling here and circumference and the radius and the ruler and you know so forth and so forth. Complicated stuff. The point is they made it look so easy and it was the coolest thing when they just gave me a driller. Right? And they were like Pastor B you just drill. Cool. What they didn't realize is that they were starting to make me see their world. A world that has a possibility of being made. When we talk about fathers in the church, we think about just going to work, perhaps, making sure that we have food on the table. And that's nice. I think that's what we all intend to do as parents. Sometimes that's harder for others than others. But in the church, I had many fathers, and I continue to have many fathers. But we don't talk that way anymore because we give titles to our fathers now. Mister, brother, elder, deacon, you know. So, But to take the role of a father now, you are reshaping the world of those around you. And you start realizing that everything that you do is because somebody around you was indirectly affecting everything about what you do in faith and its potential. I hear stories throughout the week about some of our own members, about their own fathers and how things used to be, how they grew up in the state that they grew up in. And we also talk about those moments in which they wish their relationship with their fathers was a lot richer. As much as cool as I thought having a dad was in my own life, it's not as cool as it is to have many fathers in the church. The church needs fathers. We have teachers. We have teachers. Because, well, we dictate a lot of things. But fathers, that you can be present, that you could just show up, that you could just be there, that your son of another family could see what you do, and they could just look and be like, oh, wow, that's a possibility. Like, how could you make that pillar, right? And yet I'm there, and, and you start to realize you just don't have it all figured out. And I have to go back home to my little Shanti and be like, your daddy can't build anything, but, you know, he's learning a little bit, you know? But the, the fact is, I'm not alone, you see? I'm being shaped, shaped by people around me by what they do, see? So now, Paul is suggesting something deeper and more profound, that fatherhood is not limited to baby makers. Fatherhood in the church does not mean masculinity, nor does it mean man stuff. Neither of the texts that we saw in relation to the context of that text, had to do with one being just a man. It had to do with having the Spirit. It had to do with having the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It had to do with being empowered by the Spirit. It had to do with the church altogether. In other words, the Father is the mirror of God the Father's work in the world. You see, the church is the theater of grace of where God works his power in. So when we come and we see one another in our acts, in our spiritual gifts, people around us are saying, oh, snap, that's awesome, that's cool. And we often just say, you're really good at that. But you, you don't realize that it is God's gifting of these gifts to the church so the church is able to be like, oh, snap, God has resourced his church in a way that only God could do and it's to remold us, to reshape us in the likeness of the Son. So, really what we're talking about is God. I kept on going back to the Bible text and wondering, what does this have to do with me as my dad, you know, now is present. What does it have to do with me and my little Shanti running around? How does this all integrate? My fatherhood, is not only limited to Shanti. So when I go into the church or I'm amongst brothers and sisters, I am also an influencer to others around me. I now am a sort of an example to other family members, to other families, to other people around me in my own neighborhood, in my own society. I and my fatherhood am not just gifted so that, oh, only Shanti could be blessed with the coolness. I mean, you think about it, you know, be like, Shanti, oh, you have a cool dad and so forth. I hope that's the case, right? But essentially, I hope that as a father I'm able to influence those around me if At all, I have a testimony. Paul is doing something amazing here. We have too many teachers. We need more fathers. And as we celebrate this weekend, Father's Day, I want you to consider a little bit, to those who are fathers, in this thought process, that you thank God for your family, That I thank God for my family, that I thank God for you for who you are, what you've done for your family, what you've done for me, but also expand your thought about what your fatherhood has meant to others around you as well. I am taking notes from a lot of you dads mentally, and I observe a lot of you fathers, and I can tell you, I'm just so glad that I can learn from many of you from a distance. I see how you greet them in the morning when they're sleepy, cranky. I love it when I see a dad who brings his son to work in the morning, get up on a ladder, hammer things up, and the son just excited to see his dad next to him, to build them up, to give the space of a stretching, the spiritual touch. Because we like to think that only holy things are done on holy days. No, our life itself is a witness to what God has done in our lives. So, yes, I'm taking notes. Nathan, Nasario, where are you? Man, dude, I observe you a lot. Sorry. But I take notes, and I realize how good of a dad you are. Mike, the way you surround yourself with your family, how you care for them, I know everything means a lot to your daughters and everything. How they talk about you on Facebook and everything. Mike is the highlight of the life on their Facebook pages. He thinks he's not perfect, but he's got it going on. You know what I'm saying? And then where's Cedric? Pritchett, where are you? Yeah, I see you. You're a busy guy. I get it. But, you know, I always see you around making sure that you got things plugged into. Making sure they're around. It means a lot. When you're a learning parent, when you're a learning father, many of you who drive a long way just to make sure your kids are engaged in some space of engagement. Chris Harder, you're a low-key guy because Pastor Alex is all over the place. She's a busy-as-can-be creature, you know, and we love her for it. But Chris is kind of like the guy outside, and you're going to not like me for this afterwards. But I see you, and I take notes how much more I envy to be just like you. Because fatherhood is not limited to your family. It just isn't. It isn't. I know you have a lot of grandkids. You got to attend to a lot of people around you, and you're so excited for your own kids, but you're not limited to them. Could you imagine myself going into a church without a father? Who would be my father? My mom would tell you very easy. it doesn't matter who your father is, you got one upstairs. That was her idea. And obviously the church says what? Amen. Obviously. But, but, but in reality, who, who can I lay my, hand, my eyes on and be like, yes, I can learn there. Yes, I can learn there. Yes, yes, I can learn there. Yes. And by doing so, I too am changed in the midst of it. I might not have all the tools. But on a daily basis, I'm being grown into what Christ wants me to be, not just to my family. And here's the problem. When families become exclusive to themselves, you will have as many divisions as the church of Corinth had. Every family wants to be a teacher. This is how we do it. This is what we do. I get it. That's cool. I'm glad you you go to the pool on Sunday morning. Good, good for you. The thing is, how do you impact those around you is how the Spirit works in the church. And this is what Paul was urging the church to be. Stop trying to be so teacherly and perhaps give precedence to being a father. I am in the mode of being a dad, a good one, I hope. And to be quite honest, I've learned one thing: The fatherhood really begins in the, in the morning. I begin with a very simple notion that I don't have the answers for the day. So I get down, I pray, and I ask Lord to grow me up. Make me mature. And it's interesting that in the next two hours, then you find my wife coming next to me and saying, Babe, you better, you know, (laughs) because that's part of the molding, right? And the thing is, more than anything, gentlemen, this morning, specifically, this is for us. We are needing to be more present, both in the lives of our own children as well as being present in the world as well. It is very true that your first church is your home. Okay, cool. But that's not the only place we ought to be either. And how much more then we become responsible for things that are outside of ourselves. How much more we need to pray for one another. This morning, I want to pray with the fathers here this morning because there may be something that's been in your heart for some time or things you've been experiencing, things perhaps you have not expressed to others. Maybe you have a close-knit of friends that you're needing to say something to, but you just haven't. And you'd just like to give God the invitation to be part of prayer, to get soaked into it. So I would like to invite the fathers, if you'd like, to come on up and join me this morning. Yes, you can stand up. Yes, you can get close, maybe not too close. But just close enough for us to be pressed together in a significant way that we can be regaining the strength of the Lord for our lives this morning in a significant way. Come on up. Very good, very good. Thank you for your patience. I am sweating as can be under this cape and uh, just ask for your patience. But this morning, I, I really want to talk to you guys before we address this prayer thing. God is using you and He's called you for this time, and I really do mean that. Really. You are not the only one that's there for your family. There are children, there are people just like myself who watch you to be instructed by you in your acts, in your words of comfort, in how you treat one another. And it's very possible that things aren't going so well at home for you either. Everything is not as bright as day. Everything is not as nice as we like to think it's nice. Maybe... Marriage might not be as blossomy as we thought, either. Maybe your relationship with your own children isn't going well. I don't know. Maybe you're about to be a new dad. But I want you to consider that you are already enriched by God's Spirit in order to empower everything around you that you've been called out not just to be a baby daddy but to be a father in the best sense of the word full of the Spirit in Jesus' name empowered by the Spirit to do godly things you you me now today maybe you have to give a phone call to somebody today maybe you need to have a chat with somebody afterwards maybe you need to say sorry for something maybe you can support a brother who also needs your support what do you say you might not go golfing with us but you might need a brother to support you in a very hard time I'll give you a couple seconds Let's confess to the Lord whatever it is in our hearts. Confess it to him. And we'll pray for one another. I'll give you a couple seconds. Your Father. our fathers thank you so much that they're here what a cool thing to be a dad it is just amazing thank you for the gift of being able to experience life at its best this morning i want you to be with the dad who is just going through a lot by himself, hasn't really told anything to anybody. He struggles with one thing and isn't able to express it because he'd feel shame. Father, may warmth and comfort be granted to him that he might find comfort in you to tell you the truth about what's going on and that if there's a cry in there, I ask that you deliver and that you proclaim your name through his life. I ask for the dad who's having a little trouble with marriage. He doesn't always meet the standards. Perhaps there's a little bit of learning curve that needs to take place. I ask that you humble us in the midst of it. Help us to listen. Help us to engage. To get back to basics. To restructure things that are kind of breaking things up. We ask that your spirit work in their homes. You restore things that once were there for your glory. We ask you, Lord, for the father who doesn't have a great relationship with their child. There's some form of separation because there's too much work. There's too many other busier things to attend to. There's other priorities that need our attention, but Lord, help us to hear your Spirit when it speaks. Call us back to making a connection somehow, one way or another. Be with the dad who's just trying to make sense of his own life. Give purpose and deliverance there too. To the dads who are soon to be, May your grace lavish them and build them up to be good observers and to learn and to take good notes to make sense of their own situation. Lord, essentially we're talking about our congregation. Be with the mothers, be with our children, be with our settings. May mercy thrive. May compassion be understandable. May your grace triumph over judgment. May your mercy reign true in our lives today. To the one who's feeling discouraged this morning, I ask that your spirit empower them. Give them life. Lift them up. Encourage them. Move them forward. Help them to be better than they were when they arrived. May homes be restored And may your name be glorified. We ask you this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless every single one of you this morning. Thank you. So uh, I was supposed to sing to you a Father's Day song but the worship team said no please don't do it. (laughs) And uh, so forgive me if I can't grace you with that. But I can't tell you how proud I am to be part of a church who takes seriously their fathers. Thank you from a pastor to its congregation for allowing me to to be the dad that I need to be. We ask that you pray for one another and pray for us as we continually learn to what it means to be that sort of father. Let us pray. Father, thank you that you're always there. You have more interest in us than we could think of. You thought that with us being present, it wouldn't be the same. And we ask that you grace us with your presence as we go back to our corners of where we live. And that we reflect truly that the God who called us to be children of his is a father who would never allow anything to harm them. Thank you for the promise that we have in Jesus Christ that when we pray we have the access to the Father in saying Abba our Father. Praise to you my King and we ask you and pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord be with you all this morning in a special way. Happy Sabbath and grace and peace to you all.